And then after that, and I was warned about this, you get that kind of entrepreneur's fatigue where resilience starts to perhaps wane a little and you have to really looking after yourself. And we were talking about this just now, weren't we, about guarding sleep. Very, very important. And I've kind of summed it up. It's very boring, but the only way to really kind of looking after yourself is threefold. Number one, sleep. Number two, eat the right food. Don't just try and get by on Mars bars. And number three is to try and get some exercise in whatever form you can, even if it's just a walk around the block. Welcome to the Big Careers Small Children podcast, formerly known as Leaders with Babies podcast. My name is Felina Hefti. I am the CEO and founder of the Social Enterprise Leaders Plus. And as you know, I've set up this podcast and our award-winning Leaders Plus Fellowship program because I want to give you access to inspiration and really practical support and some ideas that you can use to continue to progress your career towards leadership or in leadership whilst enjoying your young children in a way that works for you and your family. Happy Christmas if you're celebrating Christmas or have celebrated Christmas. I was thinking quite a bit about what content would be useful at this time and for me Christmas has always been a time where I reflect and where I sharpen my vision or where I really think about what I want to do with my life and the theme of purpose has stuck with me over the last few months because I feel we've all become a bit smarter about what we want to do with our lives and our lives that are so precious and also when you have young children yes you do want an ambitious career very often but also you want to spend your time in a way that fits with what you're passionate about what your purpose is so I've gone through back and listened to some of the old episodes and I've picked out a couple of snippets that I think are going to be really thought-provoking and hopefully give you some ideas and inspiration about your purpose, what your purpose might be and just hearing from others about how they've gone about finding their purpose and um, well, making it a reality. So first up is Dr. Geraldine Strasti. She's the former National Clinical Director of Mental Health for NHS England. She has had a portfolio career, as in done lots of things at the same time. She's worked part-time, she's worked full-time, she's been a community psychiatrist, she's had this massive uh, national role. I think some people described her as the most senior person in psychiatry in the UK at some point. So she shares some of her reflections about value, purpose, principles. As soon as I met my very first patient with severe mental health problems in a big institution as a medical student, when I heard her story and I heard about the abuse she'd suffered, about the terrible ill health she developed as a result of that, I knew that that was where I was meant to spend my life. So for me, I would say that what has carried with me throughout my whole life is that sense of my values. I've always been very clear about my values. They're about helping individuals have a life that promotes their well-being and happiness that can prevent the development of mental ill health. And having a society that respects difference, promotes equalities and gives people opportunities to realise their potential. 
I had done lots of research and led some kind of national research and I could have stayed and got an academic job and a relatively, probably an easier life, but I wanted to see would it work in practice. So I went somewhere, my very first role was in Greenwich, where there are actually no services at all and we had to build them from scratch, which we did by building partnerships with GPs and working in GP practices. And it's always that thing about be true to yourself, be true to your values. You will find a way, if you think about working with others and through others and don't feel the sacred cow organizations, the ivory towers may appear to be the pinnacle of a successful career, but actually they aren't always. And the amazing consultancies with their choreographing and socializing and all sorts of templates, etc., they may appear to be the pinnacle Mm. But there is nothing on earth to rival nitty gritty walking the front line in a range of places and making things happen practically on the ground. So what I would say to people is there may be points in your career where you take a sideways move, but to do something with people who are committed to making things happen, who are committed to helping you be successful, where it's going to be easier to build alliances that will actually make you successful. Mm. Finding yourself I think particularly when you're at the early stages of your career, even the middle stages, and you have a lot of other personal commitments, whether it's towards children or grandchildren or caring responsibilities with kind of aging family members, think really carefully. I had a set of criteria, which was, do I actually like these people? Can I have fun? Having a bit of fun at work is really important. Have they got integrity? And then are they people that... They aren't going to sit there and go, should we? They're going, we have to, but how can we? What are the fastest way we can move to do? And then the third thing is, it really helps if you work with other like-minded people, but who have different skill sets that you Mm. can kind of recognize and mobilize. So I suppose my tendency has never been to aim for what's perceived as traditional success. Mm. I've much preferred to develop as many skills as I can. And I've never applied for a high profile role unless the local service or the team or the community or the organization I was working in has already succeeded. Mm. Yeah. And that theme of purpose comes through so much. And I think there's something about if you, so especially for the people who love, this sounds bad, but for the people Mm. who love being with their children, I have to admit, I love my children, but I don't always love being with them. So actually to make that choice not to be with your children, actually doing something that is very purposeful and very really making a difference is incredibly valuable. If you want to hear more from Geraldine, then it's worth going back to episode 12. She also shares lots of really interesting stuff around working part-time and especially at a time where that was not the done thing and dealing with comments from people about working part-time and so on. You might find that useful if that's something you're interested in. Next up is someone I've known for quite a long time who's been part of the same course with me. So I started the Social Enterprise Leaders Plus at a similar time as Kath started her Social Enterprise BB Raps. She and I, we were both on the same course with Cambridge Social Ventures, which I can highly recommend. And if you have ever played with the thought of starting your own business, which obviously Kath has done, she believes passionately that we should reduce our plastic use, which is why she's come up with BB Wraps, which is a B-Vax 
wrap so you can wrap your food in they look beautiful they smell very lovely and also they obviously mean you don't have to use plastic so her social enterprise is brilliant she's been featured everywhere from dragon's den to the guardian to marie claire and so on and so forth very very successful but she has literally taken her passion her purpose you could say and turned it into a business so yeah, I did. I had a molten saucepan of beeswax. I ripped up bed sheets and I started painting the beeswax onto the bed sheets with a pastry brush. And it just kind of went on from there. Wow. And did you plan at that stage to make it into a business when you, the first time you got out that pan? I remember... No, I didn't at all think that it would turn into a business. I just thought, this is so cool. I'm... I found a solution. I found something which will help us. And then when everyone else really liked it, I thought, oh, maybe it is like a cottage industry. I can do it on the side because I was working as fundraiser for a charity. And so I had all of that kind of going on in my life. I didn't really expect to ever pivot in my career. I loved my job so much and leaving was very, very difficult. So no, I didn't ever expect to. But I do remember this one day where... I had decided to do something with it. And that was the January before the April when I first sold one commercially. And I remember sitting on a beanbag in my living room. My parents were there. They'd come over to stay, see the kids. And and David, my partner, was there. And mum said to me, what do you want to do with this, Kath, really? And I just looked at her and went, well take over the world clearly (laughs) and it was such a throwaway comment it was such a I think I just dream my dreams are big and wide and broad and massive and but in reality I I wonder if they could ever really become true but I, I think it's really good to dream very very big and then it doesn't matter if it doesn't happen but just expect something might happen So there might be people listening to this who have an idea, may have tested it with a Mm. few people and are thinking about when the right time is Mm -hmm. to hand in their notice. Now, that's obviously personal to everyone. But what have you learned about that decision making process? Well, deciding to leave paid employment must be supported with income from elsewhere. It's a fallacy to think that you can just walk away and your business will suddenly make money. We were lucky in the sense that we could tighten the belt in every area of our life and live off one salary. We were lucky that we came into this business right at the beginning of the curve. And so we experienced quite a lot of success early on. Yeah, I think it does really come down to that because you do need to pay for stuff. And then I guess the emotional side of leaving a job. I know a lot of people kind of wait, uh, they they value, I valued it. I've, I've, I found a lot of, it was my project away from motherhood. And I guess that was hard to leave, the security of that mm-hmm. as well. Tell me about your kids. I remember you and I having a conversation. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Kath and I were together on the Cambridge Social Ventures course, which is really powerful. And I can recommend to anyone who is in the early stage of developing something. And I remember you telling me that every evening, like you, were, I think you were doing days and evenings mm-hmm. making wraps. And it sounds like you were working a lot more than in employment. So So, how did you manage that with your kids? Okay, so the reality of starting a business, and this is something that no one ever tells you, and 
would have been helpful to know is that you probably for the first two years you probably will work every hour God sends. So I was working for the first six months of the business in my fundraising job and I was working in the evening making the wraps and building the website and doing the branding and marketing and booking events and trying to find people to help me to do it. And so you do everything yourself in the hours available and it was so exciting then. And that's one of the good things about starting a business is that in the first two years, you have a lot of energy for it. And then after that, and I was warned about this, you get that kind of entrepreneur's fatigue where resilience starts to perhaps wane a little and you have to really looking after yourself. And we were talking about this just now, weren't we, about guarding sleep. Very, very important. And I've kind of summed it up. It's very boring, but the only way to really kind of looking after yourself is threefold. Number one, sleep. Number two, eat the right food. Don't just try and get by on Mars bars. And number three is to try and get some exercise in whatever form you can, even if it's just a walk around the block. Mm. And if you can manage to do all three, you're pretty good. But then Lyra said something that really helped me to see the benefit of doing this to her we were all sat around the table again mum and dad were there my mum and dad and Lyra turned to my mum and said Grammy she calls her Grammy Grammy did you have a business when mummy was a little girl (laughs) and that is such an emotional thing to hear your child assume this is normal (laughs) (laughs) this is normal to her her ceiling of achievement is so much higher than mine ever was at the same age. Mm. She knows that it's completely normal for women and mothers and girls to just go off and start things themselves. That's Mm. normal. And that's something I could never have given her if I hadn't have done it myself. If you are playing with the thought of starting your own business or want to hear more from Kath Austin, then head over to the Big Career Small Children podcast playlist and listen to episode 18 where you can hear the whole interview. I always try to end my podcast with some practical tips and and suggestions of how to connect to your purpose or, you know, how to implement the topic. And in order to bring that to you, I had to look through quite a few of, of our previous podcasts. And I found some really excellent snippets in the episode with Carla Maurer. Carla is a church minister. She's the church minister of the Swiss church in London and she's the reverend who baptised my children. She really made me think about purpose because I went to her with the intention of talking about purpose. I assumed a minister will be very clear what their purpose is, they will have always known it and so on. But what was very interesting for me is that it sounded as if even for Carla discovering and connecting with your purpose was a process rather than a given fact and for me that was very enlightening because it means that for all of us out there it's absolutely okay that perhaps you don't always know 100% what you're here to do or what you really want to make a difference to but you are working towards it you're clarifying it and sometimes you have moments when it's very clear and then other moments where it's a bit more foggy and that's okay as long as you're searching for what that purpose is and searching for the direction yeah and Carla also has got some excellent practical tips about 
integration of trying to connect with your purpose in your day-to-day life. You strike me as someone quite purpose-driven and tell me if that's not the case or maybe it's partly my impression of a church minister is that you are there for higher purpose <laughs> by definition. <laughs> and I'm just, I've been thinking about purpose a lot recently because in the pandemic, I've seen a lot of people who are really in need of getting a stronger purpose who've almost lost a bit of their passion for what they're doing and don't see why they're doing. And so I'm interested in your story. Is it true that you have a strong purpose or is it just my stereotype? And if yes, when did you first get that purpose? It's interesting. You asked me that question a few weeks ago when you asked me about being a guest here about my purpose and it made me think quite a bit. So I'm not sure if I came up with an answer yet, but I think it's probably fair to say that I have a strong purpose because obviously everything I do is built around faith and about sharing something with other people. It's sharing sharing a belief. I mean, whatever that is, you know, we don't have to go too much into detail. I mean, everyone has a different, but you share around something, a hope or alternatives about that there can be like a better quality of life or better quality of relationships that you can build, you can be there for each other. There is a safe space, I think, for people to be and you can build that together. And I would say that's very much my purpose to build safe spaces. And me personally, I just feel, so I didn't grow up religious and I came to theology through my studies of history and philosophy and then eventually (laughs) went into theology, which I didn't even know existed. And I'm still surprised that I took that path in my life. I still wonder how I became a minister But what I know is that I grew into something in in that family, in that church family around that shared hope that gives me a lot back. For me, it's very important to have that. And I know that it's also important for other people. And that's just a wonderful purpose. I think it's, it's what keeps me going. The thing that can really kill our inspiration and our purpose might be the screen time that we have been experiencing, especially also during the pandemic. And I think being stuck behind the screen for many, many, many hours a day, I think it just kills off a lot. And maybe things we could see without that just get lost. So I'm thinking like, if someone sits behind the screen for hours and a day and doesn't feel purpose or doesn't feel inspired, I would say reduce that screen time. Is there something you can do on the walk? Think about something. Can you pick up the phone and call someone and bounce ideas for a project? Or just even just talk about it and say, I have these five things to do today. What should I start with? Get someone to help you to prioritize or get someone to ask you the right question. What you feel passionate about today? Or just take a pen and paper, make a cup of tea and sit down and write the list of the things you like and you don't like. I think it's mixing up the way you work and talking to people. Because I really feel that the screen does not help. I think you're, you're right. And there's something about energy. I find that the things that are most connected to my purpose are those where I'm most excited. And those, you know, those moments where you forget that you're at work. When I think back, actually, those are the things that I have found my purpose with most. And I'll try to remember that for my own work. So I always get hugely energized by 
running sessions with fellows, even though we have wonderful facilitators, but that really gets me going. Mm. And obviously I need to do lots of other things as well, like manage the finance and <laughs> such less exciting things. <laughs> but it really helps me to think back of the moments I've enjoyed and I've thrived in to think back what my purpose is. Thank you for listening today. I hope those were interesting insights and sparked your own thinking about purpose. As I say, I think the most important thing is that it's totally fine if if you're not 100% clear, but it's a really good thing to think about what matters to you, what difference you want to make and what you want to achieve in life, uh, not just for yourself, but also for the wider world, for others in the society and for your family. And as part of the Leaders Plus Fellowship Programme, that's exactly what we ask people to do. And we support people to work on their vision, what it is that they are passionate about and how to make it a reality where they work with a senior leader mentor on achieving that. If you're interested in joining, we will open applications in January, early January. So head over to the website if you want to be informed. You can register interest. There's a button on the top right corner so leadersplus.org.uk and then you can you'll get an email saying applications are open so yeah i hope that you have a really lovely time between christmas and new year i wish you a wonderful start to 2022 and thank you very much for listening